tried to study the Bible but couldn't understand it. How do we study God's Word so we get the most out of it? Today's study will help introduce you to God's Word and help you grow in faith. You can also use today's study to introduce someone to God and His Word. This is Kay Meyer, President of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. I'm going to introduce a a Bible study I wrote some years ago when I worked with pregnant women at a maternity home. And uh, it introduces uh, the, the participants and you, the readers, to God and His Word. Uh, I loved doing these studies. I did them on a one-to-one basis with all of the women that came to our maternity home some years ago. Most of them didn't know God at all and didn't know his word. And so how do we share the gospel with these women and at the same time help them learn what God's word has to say. And uh, like I said, I put this Bible study together and I decided this might be a good time to share it on the Family Shield radio program. It's available if you'd like to have it. It's just an outline form and I'd be happy to share it with our listeners. But the first thing we did was get acquainted. And that's this was really important. And it's important in any study that you do, especially when you're working with someone that maybe doesn't know God and his word. Get acquainted. Let them know you care about them. Ask about uh, their family and their hobbies and what they like and what they don't like to do. And uh, just take time to uh, learn about them. And don't spend all the time talking about yourself. Ask them questions and let them share and listen. Uh, Then have an opening prayer. Uh, My daughter recently... um, did a Bible study similar to this. It wasn't the same study with uh, people that didn't know Christ in the community. Their uh, church in Texas goes out into the community to do Bible studies. And she had a lady come and she said, you know, I don't know anything about God or why I'm signing up for this Bible study, but I did. And she came week after week. And one of the first weeks at the end of the program when they prayed, this woman said to Corrine, I don't know how to pray. Uh, Can you help me? And so remember, as you have an opening prayer and a closing prayer, that uh, these are new things for people. And yeah, prayer is just talking to God. But many people don't pray and certainly don't pray out loud. So don't put anyone on the spot. I would never ask the women to pray, to open. I would do the opening prayer myself. I would ask them what their needs are. We would talk. I would take notes. And then we would have an opening prayer and bring their needs to the Lord in prayer. So they begin to see that God answers prayer. So let's learn more about God's word. Uh, In this study, I talked more about the logistics of how to handle the Bible at the beginning and then wrapped uh, some of the verses in it from God's Word, the Gospel, John 3, 16. And uh, the second week was more of a presentation of the Gospel. So I'm not sure how far I'll get today, but I'm going to launch into this. So let's learn about God's Word. First of all, it's divided into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. People that don't know anything about God's Word do not understand that. So show them. Show them how many... Uh, pages are in the Old Testament 
and comment to them that the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and then the New Testament was written in Greek. And again, I would take my Bible out and show them that the Old Testament is bigger than the New Testament and show them where the dividing line is and explain that the Old Testament was before Christ was born and the New Testament was after he was born. Many people don't know that simple, basic fact. So many times we are way over people's heads when they get into Bible studies, and that's why they don't come back. Um, The New Testament, I like to say, is like TNT, the New Testament, TNT. It's explosive and certainly changes lives. It has an amazing unity. There were 39 authors that wrote the Bible, even though it is inspired by God. We'll talk about that. There are 66 books in the Bible. It was written over a period of 1,500 years by people from all walks of life. That included fishermen, tax collectors, doctors, kings, prophets, and a shepherd. Isn't that amazing? God uses all types of people to write his book. I remember years ago uh, when I used to do a lot of writing, I would substitute teach. And when I was in public schools, I always had many opportunities, especially during recess, to, uh, to talk to the children about God and his word. And uh, I remember oh, one time telling one of the children at recess that God had a book. And this little boy, I think maybe third grade, said, God has a book? What is it? Uh, there's just so many opportunities for us to share God's love with people. But uh, anyway, the Bible is still the number one best-selling book. Uh, why does the Bible continue to survive? That's a good question to ask and discuss. Uh, I believe it's because God is behind it. It is God's book. It is inspired by God. He inspired those authors to write it. And uh, we don't totally understand what that means, but we know it is God-breathed. What is in it is true. The Bible has power to change lives. And you probably have met people that have had their lives changed because of coming to know Christ as their Savior and Lord, or getting into the Word and and realizing they're sinners and they need a Savior. But there are so many stories. I want to share just a couple people that I've actually interviewed over the years on the radio program. Ken is one of them. He came to faith through Christian radio, and um, uh, he, uh, he was a salesman. He didn't know God, but he wanted to know more about him. He wasn't a Christian, so he began listening to Christian radio. He wasn't ready to go to a church. And as he listened, as he uh, was a salesperson driving around the country a lot, he heard many good programs that shared the law and gospel. And eventually, he began to understand that Jesus was his Savior and Lord, and that he was a sinner. It took months and months, and he kept listening to Christian radio programs. But eventually, Ken committed his life to Christ. And uh, then God began to help him grow in faith and encouraged him to find a Christian church, which he did. 
and uh, he shared his story on a Family Shield program some years ago. And today he is just the most mature Christian who uh, works in youth ministry in the St. Louis area. And uh, it's definitely a changed life when you talk to Ken. And God has done this with so many people. And uh, I just think of many people, but I just wanted to share one example of a changed life. It doesn't have to be you were a terrible person, and then when you came to know Christ, certainly he forgives all of our sins. I don't think Ken was a terrible person. He was a good person, as many of the people who don't know Christ are. But his life was changed because he was forgiven of his sins, And he came into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what's important. So why is the Bible inspired by God? I mentioned that a couple times. Uh, In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. It's inspired by God because God is behind it. God inspired the men that wrote it. And another verse, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrows and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Haven't you ever heard someone say, I never saw that before. I never understood that before. The Holy Spirit is working as you read the Word of God and begin to understand. And God's Word judges the thoughts and intentions of our heart. And it is a two-edged sword and pierces as far as the division of the soul and spirit. So it is inspired by God. And we should use it for correction for training in righteousness. You know, in today's world, so many people say, don't use the Bible, just be nice, and that's good works. And certainly, we are to be nice to people, but we're not perfect. We're not going to always do what we should do. We need a Savior even after we're a Christian because we will sin. We strive not to, we try not to, we pray that we can do what we're supposed to do, but we will fail. And so we continue to turn to Jesus. Now, as, we, as I worked with the women, finding your way around the Bible was the next section, and I wish you were right here in front of me. I already said that I will show them the Old and New Testament and have them open up to the index of the Old and New Testament. And we might play a game um, Is it from the Old Testament? Is it a a Bible uh, chapter from the Old Testament or the New Testament? Um, And and have a a good time as we learn. But remember, if you're working with someone that has never been in God's Word, they are not going to know where Psalms is or 1 John, and we need to help them learn and give them time to look this up. I've been in so many Bible studies where people jump and open up their Bible and start reading it's always better to read it from the Bible, not just listen. And so give them time to look it up. If you use the same Bible, you could even give them the page. But it's really good if they have a chance 
to learn to look it up. And that will take a little time. I also show the women or whoever I'm working with that the Bible is divided into books, chapters, and verses. And we talk about what those little verses mean and concordance and how we use it. And we look up a few of those things so that they learn and understand what that means. And we need to remember that the Bible initially didn't have those chapters and verses in it. Those were added later. Sometimes as you go to a separate chapter, you can kind of see that there is uh, something there that uh, they go together and the uh, chapters and verses. Sometimes we think, oh, that has nothing to do with the next chapter. That's not always the case. So take time to look up some of those books and chapters and verses and help people learn what those mean. Three D's to remember as you study God's word. Determine to do something about your spiritual growth because as you read God's word, you are growing spiritually. Do it deliberately and do it daily. It's really important that we remember those three D's. Here are some principles to remember when getting ready to study God's word. Spiritual attitude, the Bible is inspired by God. Remember, we talked about that already. Look at at it as God's truth. It is God's truth. Your attitude is important. Feed on God's word. Physical need, food, spiritual need, God's word is nourishment for our souls. So use it. And firsthand knowledge is always best. Be a student of the word. Be like the Bereans who listened and then checked it out in the word and seek to understand the deep things of God. Most doctrines are not simple. You need to dig dig deep. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, but I just have a few announcements. Each week, Family Shield offers a booklet or resource to our listeners. This week, we're offering Read the Bible. To receive the complimentary booklet, call our response center, 1-877-317-4326. Family Shield is a listener-supported program. Your prayers and support allow us to reach and equip thousands of people each year. Send notes, letters, and gifts to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. You can also give a gift through PayPal. Also, Uh, You can sign up to receive our email newsletter where you'll learn about upcoming radio programs, topics, guests, and special events. And that's right on our homepage at www.FamilyShieldMinistries.com. I also have a Facebook page for Family Shield and a personal Facebook page if you want to connect that way. We would love to have you do that. Family Shield's mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ grow in his word, and strengthen individuals and your and their families. We do this through several ministries. This radio program, which has aired for 18 years, uh, our educational programs on parenting and learning to witness, and our counter-cult ministries. So if you need uh, to connect to us, you can call us or email us uh, through the website. We'd be happy to, uh, to uh, connect to you. I want to continue talking about the the Bible study that I uh, prepared as I taught women at a maternity home some years ago, and I've used it several times in the community as we did um, 
uh, Bible studies that help people learn basics about God's Word, and we really encourage unchurched people to be a part of those Bible studies. It might be a great thing for your outreach uh, evangelism board to do. Just find a coffee shop or or a place that you can advertise and have it in the community instead of in a church. Unchurched people usually feel a little uncomfortable going inside a church. So I talked uh, right before the break about principles to remember when getting ready to read or study God's Word. Um, There are some methods of study, and um, topical studies are a method. Using the chain reference Bible, trace a word such as justification, which means be declared righteous. Approach the Bible in a reverent attitude regarding it as the inspired word of God and not just ordinary literature. Uh, So that's one topical method. The biographical method or the study of very scripture characters could be found to be intensely interesting and profitable. This is one of my favorite ways to do it. Uh, Follow the life of Abraham, Moses, or David, or any Bible character, and uh, do it biographically. So you start at the beginning and go through to their death. And a lot of times you'll find more about them in the New Testament as Jesus talks about some of these uh, Old Testament characters. You can study a book. Select a book and endeavor to master it. Assert, uh, assert its authorship, to whom it was addressed, under what circumstances was it written, what are its main teachings. Go ahead and underline and make notes. I encourage people to do that. I have numerous Bibles. My Bible that's sitting in front of me right now is my favorite because it has large print, but it's also fallen apart, so uh, I'm always a little embarrassed to bring it, but I shouldn't be because it's definitely been used. Uh, I encourage you to take a book of the Bible and read it seven times. Each time you'll learn more and grow uh, in your understanding of, of what it is about. And then memorize Bible verses. Uh, I do lots of uh, interactive games using Bible verses, and I'm not going to go into those today. But um, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, eternal life is a free gift. John 3, 16, which we all know is the gospel in a nutshell. Romans 1, 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. Family Shield's mission, which I just mentioned, has the word power in it. It is the power of God for salvation. Almost any program we do is going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So other things you can do is visit a Christian bookstore and request a Bible with a chain reference. Ask your pastor about a Bible commentary that he would recommend. There are many. And if you're just getting started, begin with the gospel. I mentioned John three sixteen a minute ago. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And that's what Jesus came to do. Read a psalm. You don't need to analyze it, just read it. And then there's all these verses that we call prophecies. What does that mean? I have, I don't know how much time I'll have, but I have a whole list of prophecies to share. And a prophecy is an Old Testament prediction, uh, and we're going to talk only about those that talk about Jesus, that was fulfilled in the New Testament through Jesus. And uh, some resources say there are 333 prophecies about Christ that were were fulfilled in the New Testament. So here's a couple. 
in the Old Testament, Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. That's the Old Testament prophecy. The New Testament prophecy in Matthew 1, 18 and 23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother had been betrayed, betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. That's in verse 18. And then uh, another verse. Now all this took place that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled saying, and this is a direct quote from the Old Testament because it's in caps, behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, God with us. He was both true God and true man at the same time. Now, another prophecy from the Old Testament, Hosea 11.1, 1, when Israel was a youth, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. It, has been, it was predicted that the Messiah would come out of Egypt. In the New Testament, that prophecy is fulfilled in Matthew 2, 14. And he, that's Joseph, arose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, out of Egypt did I call my son. Now, remember, these prophecies were not something that uh, Joseph was going to be able to look at and say, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go to Egypt. It was because Herod tried to kill all the young children, including Jesus, that Joseph took Mary and the baby to Egypt. And it was in a dream that he was told about this danger. So another prophecy in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53, 3 to 5, he was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our grief he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastising for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. That's from the Old Testament. And by the way, uh, some years ago, I took my sixth grade Sunday school class to a Jewish synagogue as, as we did this through the church. And I opened up their Old Testament Bible while I was there and read that verse. That's exactly what it says. It is talking about Jesus. Um, and um, Jewish people today that aren't Messianic Jews don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. But uh, you read that Isaiah 53 verse, and if you don't see Jesus, I, I would be surprised. So here's the New Testament fulfillment in John 1, 11. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. And then in Romans 4, 25, he who was delivered up because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. So certainly Jesus was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And the list goes on. Uh, he was pierced for our transgressions. That's our sins. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the chastising for our well-being fell upon him. 
and because of him we are healed. Great verses to share with friends that may not know God's word. More uh, prophecies in um, oh, the Old Testament, Zechariah 9, 9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the full of a donkey. So here comes Jesus on Palm Sunday on a uh, colt, the fowl of a donkey. New Testament in John 12, verses 13 and 14. When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him and began to cry out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And Jesus, finding a young donkey, sat on it as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. So again, Old Testament prophecies predicted sometimes 700 or more years before Jesus was born and the New Testament prophecies. Many more prophecies here for me to share, but I want to just tell you that then, after we've gone through these, and uh, usually second week, I'll talk about seven points for sharing Christ, and that is to talk about God. I'm not going to go into details, but I have Bible verses that we look up. Talk about man, talk about sin, talk about Jesus, and that takes some time because Jesus isn't just a man. There's a lot to share about Jesus. Talk about repentance and what it means to turn away from our sins and trust in Christ. Talk about faith and what faith is. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says eternal life is a free gift, and Hebrews 11 talks about faith and what it is. Talk about the gift of eternal life, and there's lots of Bible verses and things to share, and uh, and then what it means to be a Christian. Uh, and we need to give people that don't believe time to think through this. I can remember many of the women that I worked with Uh, They had lots of questions, and others were angry and didn't like this at all, and yet, months later, they committed their lives to Christ. So uh, we need to allow God to have time to work in their lives, and each person is different, and each person is going to um, react differently to that. We actually required at the maternity home that I worked with that they go to a weekly Bible study. It was required. I know sometimes people think that's law, but it was pretty awesome to see how the Holy Spirit worked through the Word as they were in those studies. Again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Uh, Go to our website to learn more, www.familyshieldministries.com, www.familyshieldministries.com. Thanks for listening. God bless your day. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.